Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. One of the things that we need to talk about is the word Aleph is always indicative of the divine realm. This is where it's going to get crazy. So we saw what Revelation 1-1 is, right? We saw that. You guys with me, right? We're going to talk about Revelation 1 verses 5 through 7. So what we're going to see um, is what we start to determine is what I said, the divine realm. Revelation chapter 1 verses 5 to 7. I'm going to start with the tail end of verse 5. To him, the one who loves us, who has freed us from our sins at the cost of his blood, verse 6, who has caused us to be a kingdom that is the Kohanim or priests for God, his father, to him be the glory and the rulership forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, including those who did what? Pierced him. And all the tribes of the land will mourn him, those who pierced him. So when we look at this letter, you will see the Hebrew um, is called the Aleph, right? Um, you see that the top portion of the Yod's pushing up points to the divine realm. Then we have the barrier. And through that barrier is the earthly realm. So, Yod in Hebrew is two hands. One hand goes up, one hand goes down. One reaches up, and again, the other is down, right? And like I said, these are called the Yod. Between them, that's the letter Vow, which means nail, okay? And we talked about it. It's the nails in the hand that separates the two realms. But when we look at Revelation 1, verse 5, that's why I want you to see, look, he is coming with the what? The clouds. He's coming from where? The heavenly realm. Who's going to see him? Everyone. Nope. Who's going to see him? Only those who believe and can see him because they've heard his voice. To the rest of the world, we're just going to vanish. It's just gone. Here one second, poof, gone the other. Why? He says, I come like a what? Thief in the night. So when we look at this Hebrew letter, it's literally telling us this is the saved from the unsaved, and the dividing line is the cross. It's the nail. Why do you think he used the terminology from Isaiah that says, every eye will see him, including those who did what? Pierced him. And all the tribes of the land will mourn him. I'm talking, this is the actual second coming when the Messiah comes out of heaven on the white horse. All, and because it says what? Every knee will what? And every tongue will? Confess. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people whose confession is going to be way too late. But when we look at this, and we look at verse 5, to him, the one who loves us, who has freed us from our sin at the cost of his blood, who has caused us to be what? A kingdom that is a priesthood for God his Father. Where is that priesthood taking place? The heavenly realm or the earthly realm? The earthly realm. That's right. 
But he says, when I come, and I'm coming with my cloud of witnesses, those who heard my voice responded to the call and came to glory with me. What do you think the trumpets are? That's, that's You know what the trumpets are? That's him speaking. That's literally Jesus speaking and saying, it's time, come on. And it sounds like a trumpet. We will hear that call and we're going to respond and we're going to go to him. So at this point, we've already responded. I love the terminology. But those who pierced him will mourn him. So when we examine the shape, just the shape of the letter, we find the two hands and the vow. So what is Revelation, the story of, of Revelation, the vision that the angel gives to John? What is it all about? The believer versus the unbeliever. It's about the heavenly realm versus the earthly realm. It's about those who believe in Jesus as the Messiah because of what he did on the cross, whose blood washes them clean as a cloud of witnesses and witnesses on earth versus those who would desire to kill him, pierce him, burn him, and curse him. In other words, what we have in that dividing line is what? A war. The vow can also mean weapon or spear. So what's happening here is a war is coming in the book of Revelation. So in verse 1, he's telling us in chapter 1, this is what he's saying. Again, John knows this, but what is he doing? He's clarifying for John what the plan is. And we, we look at verse 7. What we're seeing is only those who are bathed in the blood of the Lamb can cross that divide. Now, we're going to talk about the key verse. So if you remember, chapter 1, always will, it, it relates to the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is Aleph. Revelation 1.8, everybody knows it. They can hear it all the time in all these songs. But the question becomes, do they really understand exactly what Jesus is saying? Now that we've gone through the Aleph, the Aleph and the Tau, the Hebrew letter Et, let's see what verse 8 says. I am the Aleph and the Tau, says Adonai, God of heaven's armies, the one who is, who was, and who is coming. Now, I have written out verse 8 in Hebrew. Can you recognize this letter? I have it highlighted in three places. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, gee, there's a surprise. The first one is the literal letter Aleph. It says, Ani Ha'Aleph. I am what? The beginning. He's the beginning. He's not the Alpha and the Omega. Okay, it's not Revenge of the Nerds. Okay? I guess nobody got that joke. I thought I was in, I thought I was in good company with that one. There's a lot of intensity going on right down the end of that table. I can tell you that right now. That's good. That's good. We got to break it up a little. Poor Gary. He's like, I don't know what you're saying right now, buddy. I was just here for the meal. <laughs> So, so we see I am the Aleph, the beginning. Number two, 
it says Hashem Elohim. Elohim is the second one. What's the first letter in Aleph? The Aleph. What's the first letter there in Elohim? Aleph. What does Elohim mean? Father. Who we seek in oneness. Aleph has always been called the father of the alphabet. And then the third one, we see Elohe, which means divine one or Lord of hosts. Because it says that there is God's heavenly armies. Who is the commander? Hashem Elohim, the divine one, the Lord of warfare. You see how the Aleph is just showing up? And it's telling you exactly what you need to see. So we'll talk about Aniha Aleph for a minute. It reminds us, it's there to remind us that the assembly of believers, that Jesus is the author and the creator of heaven and earth. That's why John, in the first letter of his gospel, gives his commentary on Genesis 1-1, which he would later see in, in, when he was on Patmos, when he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was... He was God in the what? Are you understanding what this means now? Do you understand what... John was seeing what we in the church have completely lost sight of. The Messiah was in the beginning. All things came to be through him, and without him, nothing had being. And it could not exist unless you had the Aleph and the Tau. If the Aleph wasn't the Father, the building blocks, the foundation, if it wasn't about oneness, if it wasn't about strength and God's creative power, we can have nothing. Why do you think he said, no, 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 that Yod and that Mark, you can't get rid of them. Because if you get rid of that, that's you saying you are disposing of me and I'm not going anywhere. Because I created this mess. But I am in the beginning. I am the beginning. And through me, everything came into creation. So remember when God finished in, in Genesis chapter 1 or Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 when he says, and God said, remember at that point what had happened. Everything was finished, right? What does he say next? And God said, let there be light. That was the revelation to mankind of Jesus the Messiah. At that moment, it was all said and done. And God now said, now that everything's created through my son, now I'm going to reveal him to you when I said, let there be light. Because he is the light of life. His light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. Why do you think he said it? So what is he showing here to John? Actually, what is a vision but light that God sends us? Right? Isn't that what it is? So that's the Aleph part. 
let's talk about Elohim. We all know Elohim, right? Because, I mean, that's one of those Hebrew words that everybody loves to use in Christendom today. But what does Elohim remind us of? It's the assembly that oneness with the Father begins with recognizing that he is the creator of all mankind. And I know some people are like, yeah, that's redundant. It's not redundant. Because if we were to poll Christendom today, how many people would actually believe that there was some form of um, what's Darwin's theory? Evolution. You'd be shocked. Would it shock you if I told you 68% of Christians that were polled believe in some form of evolution? 68%. Because they were taught. That's what they were taught. Why do you think the church, this is my point. My point is, we've gone away from our first love. And Jesus in chapter 2, when he starts to pull down the seven churches that he speaks to, he says, you've gone away from your first love and you've chased idleness. You've chased foolishness. You've chased man's philosophy, man's wisdoms, and man's words where all you needed to do was stay in relationship with me. We had oneness. What happened? You fell away. I would rather you be hot or cold because as you're lukewarm, I can't even stand it. So I love this because John, see John, man, you got to understand. John, I don't necessarily know that we really understand the relationship John had with Jesus. John and James, his brother, were there. Everything monumental happened. Everything. They were there at the Mount of Transfiguration. Right? They were there for Jesus' fire baptism. They were there um, at Banias. They were there, everything. He, those three guys, James, John, and Peter, were like Jesus's come here, boys. That was like, you know, the bro crew, okay? But when it says that John rested on his breast, and we talked about that, it wasn't anything inappropriate. It was because he was resting on the breast of his father. He knew the excitement of who Jesus was, which is why he and only he could have this revelation. So he records this in, in um, I don't know the chapter. I didn't put the chapter in there. Forgive me. But verse 8 and 9, I don't know the chapter, but we'll, it's when he's talking to Philip. So Philip says to him, Lord, he says to Jesus, show us the Father and it will be enough for us. Yes. Okay, yes. they've been walking with him for three years. And Philip turns around and says, just show us the Father and we're good. Like, okay, and Jesus' response, Jesus replied to him, have I been with you so long without your knowing me, Philip? Whoever has seen me, has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe? Don't you believe? Don't you believe that I am united with the Father and the Father united with me? That from the foundations of the heaven and the earth, see John got it. That's why he wrote it. Because Jesus was the Aleph. He was the Aleph. He was the beginning. Jesus is the Tao. He's the end. When he's done with man, with, with, with the heaven and the earth, it's gone. And he says, what am I telling you? I am not saying on my own initiative. The Father living in me is doing his own works. 
What was God doing? He was finishing what he had started before the foundation of the earth. That's what Elohim is about. We use it. See, we use these things in songs now and then. And someone will cry out, oh, hallelujah, Elohim. But they don't know what, what they're saying. Like, I know it's a pet peeve, but the word hallelujah drives me bats. Because it's not praising God. It's a commandment to praise God. I hate that. Hallelujah. Okay, praise him. Hallelujah. Stop telling me to praise him. I got it. We'll praise him. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. It just it drives me. So, but but again, it's the understanding. And then, of course, we my favorite, the Elohe. Now, you guys have all have a form of the Aramaic word with this. Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay, well, this is a little bit different. Because it does mean my God, but this is a plural construction of the Hebrew word for father. Um, and it's not only that it's God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but the focus of Revelation chapter 1 is on God, the Father, and God, the Son, right? And it lays in the foundation for John is about to see. This is what sets it all up. Not only in chapter 1, but in the 21 chapters to follow this. Now, remember... That this is a reminder that God is about to go to war. So you, we're going to lay this out in Marine Corps terms. Okay. Chaos Actual was General Mattis. That's what his call sign was, Chaos Actual. Chaos Actual would send down, here's the plan. The plan would go to, to the, the, the regimental commanders, then go to the battalion. So what's happening here is this isn't just something that God is saying to Jesus. No, this is war. This is a battle plan. He, God, is saying, all right, I'm chaos actual. I'm about to rain hell, brimstone, fire, and all chaos on the earth. Here, Jesus, is the battle plan. You tell this angel to go to John and say what you are about to read is the final battle I'm going to have with mankind, especially Israel. This is when he's finishing the business. And the only ones that are going to be safe are the ones who have received him. Because when we come back on that cloud, we're coming back to wage war against Satan. And those who have chosen him over God. Could you imagine? Those who chose him over God are going to be God's enemy in that last time. So when it says Jesus is coming back with a sword on a white horse, what is he saying? Oh, there's no standing now. Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732 732- 3141956 or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com you can visit us on facebook for shabbat and service times and now we conclude today's message with rabbi billy you've awakened the sleeping giant and i'm coming back and you're all all of you are going to bow before me and you're going to confess me who you are. And then I'm going to send you where you chose to go. The abyss. The abyss. 
I'm putting you where you wanted to go. You wanted to go there, that's where you're going to go. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to say this. That's why... I'm going to stop there because I can't go any further before we get into the seven lampstands and the seven stars because that's all about Shabbat. I mean, that's as Shabbat as you're going to get. But we're going to stop. But the point here is this. Revelation 1.1 says, His servants must be prepared. We have to be prepared to see the Aleph, the beginning, Elohim, the Father, and Elohei, the warrior, which is why he's telling us to be prepared as his bride. What do warriors do? They protect. And they destroy. So, Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this time. We just pray for your blessing. And we just always want to say these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom peace. In the precious name of Jesus, the glorious Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace. Down to my